that just sounded stupid. <laughs> Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast with me, Michael, and your other hosts, Ni nee and Dominic. Today's podcast is brought to you by listeners like you on Anchor's new listener support platform. If you just go to anchor.fm slash admissions uncovered, you can give as little as 99 cents to $4.99 to $9.99 a month to your favorite college admissions podcast, the Admissions Uncovered podcast. This is a new feature that Anchor is releasing, and we are one of the first platforms on Anchor that has the chance to use it. So go show your support for us, as well as our podcast host, Anchor, by going to anchor.fm slash admissions uncovered. Now, in this podcast, we're going to go through the Common App again. Now, we did do another episode on this, episode two, but it was a lot earlier on when we were um, a lot less good at podcasting. Uh, So we're going to redo the episode and go through each part of the Common App so you know what you're doing as you start on your application to college. Firstly, looking at the Common Application, I'm curious about the college search part of it. So how exactly does it work? Yep. And for those listening, uh, you can follow along with us on the Common App website. It's just commonapp.org. And if you're applying to college or you've already started the process, you can either create an account or just sign into yours. It's pretty easy. Go ahead and sign up. But the fourth tab is what Neil was talking about under the college search function. Um, there's a lot of different ways to look up different colleges that you might apply to or if you have a specific college you want to apply to. You can just search it in there. Uh, you can either look by the college or city name in case you know where it is but not the name of the school. Or if you're just interested in finding schools to apply to, um, there's a couple of different options you can tick. So you can see there testing policy and decide if you want the school to take testing or not take testing or if they require letters of recommendation. Uh, But let's say you have a school that you want to search up. You just type in the college name and hit search. um, A list of them or just that single school will pop up. And then you can just add it to your list of colleges under the My My Colleges tab, which is the second one. And from there, you can access um, their supplements, their newly released ones, and I'm pretty sure most of them came up on August 1st, if not all of them. So all that should be out there for you to see. And then also it'll unlock a couple other areas in the common application that we'll talk about later. So if there are schools that you know you're going to be applying to, you might as well go ahead and add that now because it's just a little bit that you won't have to do later. Also keep in mind that a school can't see which colleges you add to the list. So feel free to add some colleges that you're looking into And once you get down to narrowing down your college list, then you can start removing schools or adding schools. But for now, you can add them and kind of see all that they require in their application to make sure that you have time to prepare all those materials. And also beware that when you search up a college name, that it's actually the college you want. So, for example, if you search up Columbia, you're going to notice that there's there's a lot of Columbias. There's a Columbia College in South Carolina. There is also a Columbia College in Chicago. So make sure you're picking the one you actually want to apply to. In my case, it was not the one in Chicago or South Carolina. (laughs) Now we're going to move into the actual Common App tab. It's the third one at the top. And on the left side, there's a ton of different tabs. And this is the entire application that's going to go to the school, as well as the supplements under the My Colleges tab. But this is the actual Common Application that all the schools will see. So we'll just go ahead and start in the first tab and work our way down. Um, So first off, just the personal information, you know, immediately off the bat, just be honest with the application. So if you've ever used any other names, just go ahead and do that there. You know, there might be something under that name that they'll need to find. Honesty is always a good policy with a common application because uh, if they really want to, they'll find it out otherwise. But this is pretty basic information that you put in for anything. 
then you have your address, and the reason why they want this is to send you the letter of admission or the letter of not admission or deferral. Although now they actually tend not to send letters for rejections and deferrals. They only do those online, and they only send the packet of information if you get accepted. All the fancy-looking packets. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, they can't send a letter to everybody anymore. Too expensive. After the address, it's uh, your phone number. They use the phone number to call you if they need any more information. And also sometimes as a verification tool if uh, they need you to log in to their website. And then the next part is about demographics. So they'll ask you questions about your religious preference, um, if you're Hispanic or Latino, and other questions about your background. And most of these questions... Questions are optional, so you can decide if you want to answer them or not. All right, Michael, so since um, all these questions are actually um, optional, what do you think about filling these out? So I left it all blank, but that was just because I was not sure at the time and still I'm not sure whether being Asian actually puts you at a disadvantage if being you know, a Latino or an African-American actually helps your chances. I still haven't figured that out, but... Just to be on the safe side, I just left it blank because it let me leave it blank. Uh, to be honest, it didn't really help me because in one of my essays, I said I was the child of Chinese immigrants. <laughs> so, you know, like I probably could have just filled it out. But I think that is uh, a discussion for another time, something we all need to do a little bit more research into. But for now, would you kind of lean towards give, leaving it blank? Like in my case, being an Asian, do you think I should leave it blank? I mean, I mean, based on our discussions earlier, your essay is going to talk about how you're an immigrant from Vietnam. So you could leave it blank, but if you are wary of being Asian will hurt you. you Yeah, I mean, my essay, so. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if they really want to know, like, you have to give your, a lot of your parents information in here, like, you know, their names and all that. So they could look you up if they really wanted to, or just tell by, you know, your last name or your essay material. Um, so they can definitely yeah. figure out if they wanted that to. leads into like but, a whole nother part yeah. where if your race really affects it we'll yeah. save it we'll save we'll save that for another episode and in fact you know to also add to the inevitability of the admissions officers knowing your race your transcript is probably going to have your race on it yeah transcript you'll have an interview um for the top colleges yeah so i mean they could find out but it's not going to play a gigantic role one of these religious one might be interesting um, especially if you're applying to like you know a school of religious, you know a seriously religious school. Um, so you know you might think about that. And then U.S. Armed Forces, that is definitely a big plus. So you know if if you are serving in the armed forces and applying to college at the same time, which you know is probably pretty rare, but if that applies somehow, definitely put that. And that well, that that uh, armed forces spot is usually mainly for transfer students who still use the Common App in. A lot of instances. Yep. yep. So the next part is geography, which is asking you about your country of birth, your city of birth, and just information about where you have lived. And then the next tab is about languages, if you speak more than one language. And and then they also ask you about your citizenship. If you're um, a permanent resident, they'll ask you to upload your green card and just documentation to verify your citizenship. And the last one is... It asks you if you qualify for a fee waiver. So for this one, how do they determine it? Is it based on if you like receive free reduced lunch at school or if you qualify for like standardized testing fee waivers or how does that work? The Common App fee waiver has a few different conditions that if you meet 
at least one of them, you're going to get the fee waiver. So uh, to go through those, one of them is that you get an SAT or ACT fee waiver. The other one is that if you're enrolled in the federal free or reduced price lunch program, uh, so if you get free lunch or reduced lunch, you get that. Um, there are other ones about if you get food stamps, if you are on welfare or public assistance, you can also get a fee waiver. And finally, if you are a ward of the state or an orphan, you can also get a common app fee waiver. The last way to get a fee waiver is the kind of general way, if you don't meet any of those conditions, but you still feel like you have a need for them, you can ask a school official uh, or community leader to write a letter to the Common App telling them about why your financial circumstances, while the numbers don't uh, fit the requirements, why there might be other situations like having to pay a lot of medical bills, etc., etc., that might qualify you for the fee waiver. So did you do yours through uh, your counselor, Michael, like that you've talked about before? Yeah, so I... So I went to a Title I school, so I checked the checkbox about being a part of the free or reduced uh, lunch program. And if you choose that you want a common app fee waiver, it's going to ask you to check which one of these justifications you fit under. So you are always going to have to make a choice. But your counselor is always going to have to approve that choice uh, because when you when when they submit your transcript – uh, whether it's through Naviance or whether it's directly to the Common App, uh, the counselor is going to have to check and confirm that you're actually low income, you're actually part of welfare or a free or reduced program. So don't try to lie because your counselor will know. All right. So the next tab on the Common Application is Family. Pretty short tab. Uh, basic information again. So you got household as the first one. I'm just you know asking about your housing situation. Now, again, just be honest with that. And they're just trying to get a feel of who you are as a student. None of this is going to decide any of your like college college admission status. Um, the first one is parent one. You just pick one of your parents or legal guardians. Fill in their information. Um, some of this is a little interesting. It's Most of it, or actually all of it, is required. So you're not really going to be able to make this optional. But it does ask for their current occupation, um, employment status, what they do. In that occupation, um, where they went to school, which could be important if you're applying as like a legacy, that's something that could help out. Or if they didn't go to college, you know, that'd be something to highlight as well. Colleges love first generation students. And then uh, under siblings, if you have a sibling already at the school, that could be another plus or maybe a minus if they're a terrible <laughs> student. <laughs> but, you know, in my case, I just have a younger brother. So I would just put in his information as it's required. And then it, I would just say that he's in high school. So um, that's all that one is. To be honest, a lot of this is just demographic information for them. A lot of it might not come in handy for their decision on your admissions or not, because a lot of times they love to have like fun facts. For example, you know, the USC yep. admission, the scholarship week had like a stat about how 20% of their admitted applicants had parents who, you know, had only graduated high school or something. Or if you go to a technical school, maybe they brag that, oh, 90% of your parents are software engineers or whatever. So I don't think a lot of this stuff actually impacts you. I think it's just for yeah. fun all, research. All that information that colleges use to show off their uh, school demographic probably comes yeah. from this information. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
filling that out might help your school out. And then the next tab asks you about education. So the first part of it is just the school that you're currently attending, if you've moved or attended any other schools, if you take if you have taken courses at a college or university, and then it asks you about uh, your grades. And this is the self-reporting part, right? Because they can also get it from your transcript. So you got to make sure that they match up. And and then it will ask you about what courses you're taking this year. So you, what what's the part where it asks you how many courses would you like to report? Like, why does it ask you that? Uh, the reason why is because you might not know all of the courses you're taking. For example, in the spring semester, you might want to add on something to the spring semester. So I think just using the language report gives you some flexibility. Okay. And then the next section is about honors, which we kind of touched on a lot in the first few episodes. And is it's mainly about your academic achievements. If you've won a big award or is just something like a science fair contest where you've participated in chemistry olympiad or something like that. This is where you get to list all the honors that you've received. Yeah, this is the first like major portion of your common app that you have control of. Uh, this is one of the sections you want to be spending a lot of the time on, along with the activities tab that we'll be talking later on. You know, we've talked about this a little bit before, me and Michael, about what you know belongs under this section. So they're related to academic achievements, but it can be fairly loosely. So they don't have to be like, you know, school science fair awards. They could be, you know, schools volunteer service hours or the presidential volunteer service award or scholarships that you've earned on the side for like, you know, music or art. But you do want to spend a decent amount of time on this section because this would be something that they're looking at. The next section is titled community-based organizations. And so if you don't know what a community-based organization is, chances are you are not a part of a community-based organization. <laughs> Um, but in general, these are the, uh, these are organizations that give free college advice. And so if you are not someone who is poor minority or go to, goes to a title one school, you probably do not use a community based organization. The next and final section in the education tab is future plans. And so this is not, I think, that important. Uh, if you're interested in a particular career, you can put it. If you're interested in a higher degree, like a PhD or a master's program, put it there. I think the bulk of how the colleges are going to learn about what your interests are, though, are not going to be through this section, but rather through your choice of major and your choice of why school and why major. I think this is just, again, for profiling reasons. Uh, one thing with this, I would kind of caution against just putting undecided for both. Um, you know, throughout high school and like AP tests and stuff, I put undecided for career choice a lot. But on the common application, a college probably wants to see a student that has some idea of what they want to pursue with their college studies. So, you know, if there's something that interests you, just go ahead and fill that out. But if you actually really don't know, then go ahead and put undecided. But if you think you want to do something, go ahead and put it. It's non-binding in any way. Yeah. So just go ahead and do that. And then the next tab is all about testing, which is uh, where you can self-report some of your scores, which do all schools let you self-report your scores or only some? Because I think don't some require you to send them their your official like college score reports from the very beginning and then other schools let you send it after if you're accepted or not so it depends on the school so for example columbia and johns hopkins i think are two schools where they will take this self-reported common app test and use that in their admissions process 
there are other schools and most schools that require an official score report at the time of the evaluation process. Uh, Columbia and Johns Hopkins and other schools like them will still require an official test report after you are admitted and matriculate just so they can confirm your self-reported score. But the advantage to them is that you don't have to send it before you get matri- you matriculate. So instead of sending it to everybody, you just send it to them. And it's safe. Yeah. I was going to say, because sending score reports is not cheap. Yeah, it's a nice perk from the school. No, it is a part of the hidden cost of this application. It adds, you know, depending on what you're sending, anywhere from like 10 to 30 bucks per school. All right, moving on to the activities tab. Um, I talked about this earlier with the honors, but this is, you know, besides the essay, probably the section you want to spend the most time with. Um, colleges are looking for students who have taken initiative through their time uh, outside of school, and you get 10 different spaces to list activities. You don't have to use all of them, but for most students that are seriously committed to their outside of school lives, they probably have 10 activities that they can do. Um, you know, the infamous, or uh, you know, probably not infamous, but because, you know, we've, we talked about the uh, quinceanera business. Oh my goodness. Um, the, the quinceanera past, business but, makes a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't make the comeback. It'll be coming back many times. But, you know, all just go ahead and list all the things you do. Uh, most of us will probably have more than 10 activities, and then you're just going to have to prioritize um, what you're doing. And then also maybe picking a diverse group of your activities as well would be good. But definitely highlight the most important aspects of your extracurricular life. And, you know, uh, Michael, what is the word limit for this? Uh, I believe it is 150 words. Yeah, um, there's some kind of word limit here. And then it also, it will ask for a position slash leadership um, responsibility in the club. And colleges like to see, you know, the leadership because it shows that you just didn't show up to chess club for, <laughs> like some people, you know, one, one hour a week, but that you actually, you know, either created it or helped to keep it going or you're actually invested in the opportunity or in, in the activity. Uh, and quick same show feedback. It is not 150 words. It is 150 characters. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so a lot yeah. less. A lot less than 100. Those spaces. Yeah. And if you're freaking out now thinking about how you oh. can't find 10 activities to put on here, it doesn't have just have to be clubs. Like, there's a lot that fits under this. Arts, if you play music outside of school, employment, if you work somewhere part-time, or if... What what would personal commitments be? Gow admissions. <laughs> like, what falls under personal commitments? So I think personal commitments would probably include like babysitting for your family or picking up your grandmother from, you know, like poker night or whatever. (laughs) So whatever you do with your family or your friends that you think are more personal. Yeah, but be cautious. Don't just put random stuff there just to fill up 10 spots. Put the activities that are most meaningful to you, I would say at the top. And if you have a lot of them, try to space them out, balance them out some uh, volunteering, some more academic activities, but just make sure that all of those activities are meaningful and you've played some role within that uh, club or whatever yeah. you're doing. Besides the essay, and probably even more than the essay, this section of the Common App is where you get to show off uh, who you are. For the most part, in your essay, it's just going to be like, you know, the main thing you've done, um, or maybe like a main portion of yourself that you want to show off to the college but here you get to show off 10 different aspects of yourself the most important 10 different things that you do um, outside of school and this is really is what the college is going to use to figure out who you are because you know we've said it many times for the most part they have no clue who you are you're just another kid on you know in their big stack of papers that they have to sift through and pick their class so you 
this is where you can stand out. And it's also worth pointing out that, you know, to, it's also worth pointing out that while you have 10 activity spaces, like Nee said, you don't need to fill all 10 of them. If in order to fill all 10 of them, you need to throw on an activity that you only did for one hour in freshman year, it's just not worth including. It's not going to benefit you that much. It can only serve to hurt you because the admissions officer is like laughing at you or whatever. Because you should think of this section and every single section on this common app as an extension of the overall narrative of your college application. And what I mean by narrative, as we've talked about in other episodes, is who are you? What do you want the college to know about you? What is the first sentence the admissions officer is going to say when they get into the committee room, when they're presenting you to all the other admissions officers of that school? And what that sentence is should define how you do every single part of this application. And so specifically for the activity section, it's going to define, for example, what should come first. If your narrative is that you are politically aware because you were sparked by seeing low-income people when you went to Zimbabwe or whatever, well, your first activity should be something that shows how politically active you are or sees how you know conscious you are of inequalities. And if you have a more STEMI one, maybe that doesn't need to be as prioritized because it's not as fitting with your narrative. And if you went to chess club and it's not a major commitment with major leadership roles or it's just one hour for three months of every year, maybe you don't even throw that on even if you have space because it dilutes the impact of your application. If you have 10, each extracurricular activity is going to get less weight. It's going to get less bandwidth. So, you know, like for tech people out there, it's like if you were trying to download 10 things at a time, each download is going to be so much slower than if you just focused on, you know, the five downloads that you care about the most. You're going to get a lot more bandwidth with fewer activities, with fewer downloads. Nice metaphor. They don't call me a poet for nothing. Oh, gosh. Nobody actually calls me a poet for the record. Okay. And the next tab, which I feel everyone always thinks of when they think of the common application, is the writing portion where this is where you submit and write your big personal essay, the one that com- the Common App requires and will send to every school that you're planning to apply to. And here, um, some schools actually don't require it, but most schools require it. And when- once you add colleges to your My Colleges tab, the- these colleges will show up here within this tab and let you know uh, which schools require the essay and which um, which schools don't require it. And below that, you can pick the topic that you want to write out of the, I think, six, six or seven topics that they have, with the last topic being basically your own, create your own prompts. And this is where you will put the essay that you will write. Yeah, um, we recommend you know writing the essay outside of this little box. Uh, it just gets hard to manage it, and it could you know get messed up with the formatting just because it's a small, awkward box. So just go ahead and write that in a separate Word doc or um, docs page on Drive. And it looks like there's an upload feature from Google Drive. So that might be just as easy. And then after that, there's a disciplinary history tab. Um, just go ahead and be honest there. It's probably not going to play a role in, you know, in your admission. But definitely if they figure out that that does exist and you didn't tell them, uh, they're not going to be too happy about that. And then it could also help show that, you know, 
over the your high school career you've worked to um, you know better yourself and that could be something that college is looking forward to yeah so if you have one of these academic disciplinary actions you also should consider maybe asking your counselor or a teacher who knows you really well to in their rec letter to include some context around the disciplinary action. Maybe it was family issues, maybe it was an unjust principal who your academic career was spent standing up to, whatever. Um, but that's one way that you can get around something that might initially seem really problematic. Um, and then finally, there's the additional information section. Um, we've talked about this in the past, but this is where you can throw anything that you doesn't fit in another section. So for, for me, definitely I'll be talking about my Spanish class. So in middle school, I did Spanish 1 and it was easy grade-wise. Um, and then I came into high school, and we had this fantastic Spanish teacher, but he was very strict on the grading. Um, and then there was just this, like, nosedive in the grade. It wasn't that bad. It was still a beat. <laughs> but, like, just this huge drop-off um, from, like, the 99 to, you know, not a 99. <laughs> and <laughs> um, But then there was this slow climb up to an A to finish it off with Spanish 3. So this is where I can kind of explain that because they'll have my transcript and they'll be looking at it and be like, okay, grades, 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 and then this huge drop off of Spanish. And from what Michael's told me with the transcript, it's not going to like show the teacher, so to just show the course. Um, and that's something you just kind of want to talk about. And then anything else that doesn't fit anywhere, so something I might be writing about is an interest in playing sports. So with our magnet school, travel time really restricts the ability to play sports because you have to play your home school. And it's, you know, with the good old dart train, <laughs> it's uh, kind of a lengthy process to get home. So um, I think I'm going to be including in an activity if senior year works out for me to be able to play. But um, this is where you can just list anything that wasn't covered and you think you want to talk about here. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a character limit on this one or not, but you know, it should be long enough to where you can include anything. But if you're writing an essay here, uh, that's that might be a problem. So, so definitely yeah. do not write an essay here. It, there's enough space <laughs> for an essay, but that is not what this section is for. The things Dominic mentioned are just like simple facts. You know, this is the explanation for why my Spanish grade sucked. I took it in middle school, did well. In high school, the teacher was really mean. <laughs> Next bullet point. I didn't do sports because I have a way too long commute on a way too awful train. That's it. It it, it should be bullet points. It should be super short. It should not be a haiku or a poem or a persuasive <laughs> essay or a sonnet from Shakespeare. It should be just the facts. That being said, this is a very useful section to explain away anything. Uh, because I changed schools uh, between um, ninth and 10th grade. I used the additional information section um, as well as... Uh, Actually, no, I didn't use this section. No, no, I didn't use this section because if you have two different schools, they're actually going to give you a space there to explain why. So I did not use this section for it, but I did use this section to uh, explain why I... Oh, I used this section to explain um, my thinking behind a certain grade because I had a random 85. You had um, a what? Oh, was this the PE? Yeah, this it was the PE 85. It's a great story. I folks. haven't heard this story. This is his only B in all of high school. Oh, Michael, tell the world. <laughs> okay, so I used this ex uh, section to discuss why I got a B in gym class. Mm. But what kind of gym was it, Michael? It was it was 
uh, an online gym class oh, that I, I got yes. an 85 in. Um, Welcome to 2018 uh, <laughs> online gym. <laughs> How did you get an 85 on an yes. online gym class? Well, it's a very good question. Um, I explained it as saying that because it wasn't a real gym class, it was kind of like an online test. And uh, my computer messed up during that test or something like that. Like, that was the explanation I gave. Mm, yeah. So was that the actual right. story, Michael? Um, for the record, yes. Oh. Okay. But, you know, after recording, <laughs> you know, maybe not. But, you know, making this more applicable to everyone. Um, you don't think everybody has 85s in online gym? Not online gym, but I do know a couple people who are so much better at math than me, but have worse grades for uh, some of those classes. Because for us, they're called CBEs. I don't know what they're called um, for other students around the nation. But they're basically uh, online tests that you can take to – or physical tests that you can take to get out of um, a certain class. So if you're trying to skip a math class or a, you know, a history class and be, become advanced in that area, um, you'll take one of those tests to get ahead. And the way it works in our district is the, te- the score that you get on that test um, not only determines whether you, you know, get the – credit for that class but it also goes in as your grade so um one of my friends he skipped um algebra 2 and pre-cal and he had like you know 85 87 on the test and all you needed was a 70 on that test and it's like a final exam so those are generally harder than the grade you're going to be getting in mm-hmm. the class overall so that will go in as the grade for that class on your transcript but it obviously is not going to highlight your uh, ability in that course because you you know you're obviously advanced in that subject so go ahead and explain that um, in the additional information section, and it should be all right. And uh, real-time follow-up, I just opened my Common App, and I actually did not explain my 85 in gym. What? I thought mm, I see, did. that's why he got rejected. I thought I did, but I actually didn't. <laughs> that is why Harvard did not want you. You Oof. saw that 85 in online gym, they're like... Shh. I mean, apparently they do care about athletics, so Ooh. who knew? Yeah. Stay tuned for the uh, individual school application episodes that will be coming soon. Uh, that should be a fun series to do coming up. Stay tuned. Yes. Um, and then finally, there's the uh, courses and grades section. It is required by a, uh, certain schools, and that'll only open up that section. Um, yeah. So there is a little tab that you can click there. It is not a long list at all. Some of some of them, you know, you've got ASU, um, USC, Purdue, um, some a lot of international ones, OSU, Kansas, Arizona. So it's a mixture of some state schools and then also international ones. So you'll have to fill that out for those certain schools, but you won't have to for most of them. And I feel like most applicants are not going to have to fill the section out. Michael, do you remember what it was like when you were doing USC? Very unfortunately, I do. Um, uh, it was very painful. You basically had to retype your transcript, but instead of oh, having a nice Excel spreadsheet where you just like use the arrow <laughs> keys or WASD or tab, you had to like manually move your cursor to the next one. Like tab didn't work for me on this section for some reason. And you had to give, I think, your grade in the class, the name of the class. You had to check whether it was an AP, a pre-AP or an on-level class. So it was a massive pain in the butt, and you had to do it for all, all, all um, three years, and however much information you have, and it was a real nightmare. So <laughs> if you can avoid it, please avoid it. But if you choose to apply to a school on that list, 
I'm sorry for you because you're going to have a really annoying afternoon. Very annoying. Yep, so uh, look, looks like I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, really. Uh, don't do it if you don't have to. Awful. Hmm. Well, the other section on that, so that was the actual common app, but there's other stuff that you do in this common app portal, which we should talk about. So one that tricked me up is how to do recommendations and how to get those through the common app to the school. So this is a very weird, weird section, and it depends on whether your counselor is using the common app only or is going through some third party like Naviance. So (laughs) if it's through the common app only and there's no third party in between, your counselor is going to hopefully know what they're doing and they're going to have an an account with the common app and they're just going to do everything through there. And when you ask for teacher recommendations, you're going to get the teacher's email and enter it in. Super easy. If you're like us and if you're like most schools and you have a third party like Naviance, it becomes an absolutely nightmare because you can do nothing through the Common App portal. That matters. You can't send your transcripts and you can't send required recommendation letters through the Common App. You have to do it through the Naviance portal. And the Naviance portal, and most portals like it, are not user-friendly. And most counselors and teachers, especially teachers, will not know how to use it. Uh, So you have to deal with that. (laughs) And so what I actually did is because Naviance is something that teachers in my school don't get trained on, is that I actually had pre-written for one of the teachers who had issues, like at guide of how to do it <laughs> um, and so because i had to write a how-to to naviance well ours might be worse no power school is actually really Who knows? nice it's the first year they should sponsor our show. and like parent portal and all that Speaking i don't know i can't log in yes they're not they're not great with this tech stuff they're talking about how they they'll buy the like the application but not like how to use it and the training required for the teachers to master it so well, it's... Yeah. Dallas ISD is doing some weird tech stuff, um, and if you're interested, it's not going too well. And then what do we do about non-teacher recommendations? Yeah, so depending on if you're using Naviance or some third party, those third parties might only allow you to submit your school's domain name email addresses. So if you have an outside domain email address, they're not going to let you submit sounds fun. a rec letter through the Naviance or third-party portal. And if you can't do that, then you can't submit it through the as an as an official teacher rec letter. So some schools will let you have additional rec letters, so optional ones or non-teacher ones. So you know, coaches, community leaders, volunteer coordinators, bosses, whatever. And so some schools will let you submit those additional application additional recommendation letters through the additional recommendation letter portal, uh, aptly named. And so all you do there is very simple. You just type in the email of the person who you want to write the rec letter for you, and then they'll get an email asking you, asking them to make an account and insert their letter. It's the same process as if you were asking a teacher to write you a rec letter if everything is done through the common app portal only, and there's no additional third party like Naviance. Um, also, fun fact, um, if you desperately want a teacher a teacher to recommend you as an official teacher rec letter because there are no optional ones for some reason, and they don't have a email address that is under your uh, ISD's domain name, so they can't go through the third-party portal that your ISD has very not intel- intelligently decided to buy, 
Um, then you sometimes can email the school and ask them if um, the person or the teacher can send them directly that rec letter. And so that's what I did for Princeton. I just had that um, teacher who didn't have uh, an official DISD email to send it directly to Princeton. Oh, and what's also worth noting about teacher rec letters is that because it's the Common App, there's also a Common App cover sheet. So make sure they fill that out because if they don't, then their letter will not be submitted. And my final tip is that for a school with both the regular Common App and has additional writing supplements, oftentimes those additional writing supplements will be under the aptly named writing supplement section. And if they decide to go with that organization, then you have two submissions to make. One of your regular Common App application with your Common App essay and all that demographic information. And then a second submission of the writing supplement. So there's just an additional button to click. Now, why that is potentially advantageous for you is because you can submit your application early on so that you get an account made with that school so you can check to make sure transcripts and test scores are being submitted, and then send the writing supplement when you're ready. Um, There's still the same deadline for both applications, but because many schools split them apart, uh, you can submit them separately if you want to spend more time on the writing supplement. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Missions Uncovered podcast, where we did an in-depth look at the common application. We had a student reach out to us through um, our website, emissionsuncovered.com, or you can just personally contact us through an email and we'll answer any questions that you have. We had a great discussion with that student and helped them figure out uh, what, what they want to highlight in their application. So if you do have any specific questions, you can reach us there. There's also always the comment section underneath each podcast on the website. And then you can reach us on social media avenues as well, which is in the website, or just look us up at Missions Uncovered and you'll find us that way. Michael? Anchor.fm is how we get our podcast to you. We upload it through the Anchor.fm portal. They do some background magic, and it ends up in your RSS feeds and your podcast players and on our website. So without them, this podcast would be a lot harder than it is to produce. Now, Anchor FM has a new feature, as we talked about last week, called Listener Support, and it allows you to support us with a monthly donation of $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99. And if you do this, it goes straight to us, and Anchor takes takes a cut that is smaller than most other industry leaders do. And what's so great about this is that it's so easy to do. You just have to go to anchor.fm slash admissions uncovered and click the tip jar and select which option you want. It's so easy. Just go to anchor.fm slash admissions uncovered so you can support us as well as the amazing podcast host that makes this podcast possible. Finally, um, if you're still here at the end of the episode, thank you so much. Uh, but we would just like to announce that you know we had our 1,000 view giveaway a while back and we've recently crossed the 5,000 plays amount. So stay tuned for, stay tuned for that announcement and we have many more things planned for future milestones. But just as a short thank you, we'll do something more formal. But, you know, for anybody still listening, we just wanted to let you know first. If you're still listening, contact us in any method, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, comment, and... Use the codes words 85 and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and... If you do that, we will give you a special to-be-determined prize because I just made this up. All right. Um, 
Okay. But I promise um, you, it will be a good prize. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on this wild ride to 5,000 listens, and we'll see you for the next 5,000.